Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of our main film review series for Spill Your Beans. Today is our second London Film Festival early review film. I'm just saying words now. Today I'm joined by a good friend of mine and third year film student. Don't look at that when I say good, good friend. friend. Max Adams. Hello, hello. <laughs> He's been on before, he was part of the commentary track and he was in the very first episode of this podcast when we did a panel review talking about the uh, Oscar Best Picture noms. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be, was that the first ever episode? It was the first ever episode of the show, yeah. yeah. And now, we're gonna be talking about Last Night in Soho, the brand new Edgar Wright film which is coming out very shortly, I believe on the 29th or 31st, or somewhere around Halloween, but this is still early, hopefully. Otherwise I'd mess this up horribly. Ed edit it. <laughs> yes. <enough>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last night in Soho. We saw this at London Film Festival uh, recently. What was that experience like for you? Have you done film festival before or is this your first one? Because I know for me it was my first. I've not done London Film Festival yet. We did the only mm. thing I've done that's similar, we did the online one. So in lockdown, I don't know whether you remember. Oh yeah, when we, very yeah, vaguely, yeah, yeah. They got one. Basically, you could in lockdown you could get like an online pass. I don't think I watched. And I watched Siberia. Do you remember Siberia? Do you remember? I didn't watch it with you. Oh god, it was awful. And I'm glad because your oh, reaction god, to it didn't it was look the weirdest. Good. Yeah. Was it? Did it have Willem Dafoe? It was Willem Dafoe. Yeah. It was Willem Dafoe, and it was the weird. It was just oh, it was awful. I love Willem Dafoe. Don't watch it. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it had some interesting parts about it, but it was honestly one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. Two reviews, the price of one. With exactly. This episode, there you go. Quick review of Siberia. Um, but yeah, no. But so yeah, no. First just experience. The yeah. So I've never done it before. I don't know if I watched any films last time on online. I think we told you about Siberia, and then you just got put off. I, I think, think I, didn't, I didn't just. I just didn't get the idea of like, oh, I don't want to watch these random films that I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, Whereas this year they had a quite a, a big lineup. Obviously, the new Wes Anderson film, which we talked about last week. Go and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, I'm talking to you as well, Max. Yeah, <laughs> Make sure you listen to it. I am. I am. <laughs> or I've removed the good friend tag at the beginning of these episodes. You've removed the good friend. What's <laughs> in the bit? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I see um, what you mean. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. That was yeah. A... <laughs> um, so there was obviously that, and obviously the new Edgar Wright film. It's his first film since Baby Driver. Um, previous Edgar Wright yeah. films, your thoughts? Because I know we had a, a few conversations going into this yeah. film about that. So, Edgar Wright, I, li I love Edgar Wright. Mm. I always have loved Edgar Wright. Well, growing up, actually, he probably was, I would say, my favourite director, is what I would yeah. call him. Only because he was so consistent. I mean, Hot Fuzz, Hot like, Fuzz World's End, Shaun of the Dead, all of those films are so, like, they're so funny. Mm. And they're, like, growing up, mm. I think it was Jack, Jack, who's also been on the podcast, was saying yeah, to yeah. me that he thinks he's watched one of these with every one of his friends. And I think it's actually true. I think I might have watched yeah. Hot Fuzz with every single friend I've ever that's had. That's the vibe with the Cornetto trilogy, I think, is that they're the sort of films you do watch with sort of every fan group. Because they're always funny. Well, okay, actually, this is, they're not always funny. That's where I'm getting... So I love Edgar Wright. <laughs> um, but this is where we got to... I, love <coughs> I was really excited yeah. to see him do a new film. Mm. But I will say, I was, after watching Hot Fuzz for the 400th time, mm. getting a teeny bit like, I don't know... Wanting something kind of different from yeah. this film. When, when me and Jack rewatched it recently before the um, podcast episode, then it, it was kind of, I, you know, I love it. Yeah. But when you're sat there and you're both saying every line of dialogue it's as lost, it happens, it's, it's like yeah. maybe I shouldn't watch this for like ten years. No, and that's not Edgar Wright's fault. That's just no, it's it not. being such it's, a good film. You watch it so Christ, much that I've you just start seen it so many times. It. Yeah. But I think you were saying as well, like Edgar Wright's got a very specific style um, yeah. with his films, and obviously Baby Driver was kind of a little bit different from like the sort of more very yeah. uh, very British feeling uh, Cornetto trilogy. And obviously the exception of Scott Pilgrim, which I have not personally seen. Oh, I, like, I do like Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Very, like the thing is that's another, the thing is he does have 
One thing <clears throat> that I do like about Edgar Wright in some ways is that he's so like, all of his films are very similar but they're so like, out there in their style. Like if you watch the mm. um, Scott, the comic book star, like of all of, oh, I think you would actually, honestly, I think you would really like it. I, yeah. You see, you see. I think you'd like it more than Baby Driver. Zara sort of. Because really Baby, well, because me and you have talked about this before. Like Baby, I love Baby, Baby Driver, but it just but wasn't my kind of aesthetic. Yeah, it wasn't my kind of. Film. Like, I, I, the first time I watched it, I watched it on a plane, and I was yeah. like, oh, I, I kind of. Oh, it was a good film, but I couldn't really remember the bits and bits. And then I rewatched it again at uni, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is really good. Really good. And about a month later, I was like... You forgot it, because it's, it is a good it is film. A, it is a good film when it's you not, watch it, yeah. but when you're watching it, a, good, a really good film, a great film even, stays with you long after you've watched it. And Baby Driver, like, for me, despite, you know, the iconic opening, which everyone's seen, it's like, it doesn't really stick with me as much as maybe, def well, definitely Hot Fuzz or... Yeah, all those, I mean, if you think, you I find myself, like, we talk about those scenes or quoting them and stuff like that. Yeah. And... You never did that with Baby Driver, or for me, I never did. I did mm. like it, don't get me wrong, it is, like, if you, like, criticise it purely on its merit as a film, it's yeah. a good film, it's consistent, Everyone, people like it. No one's got, well, I've not... <laughs> that's gonna have to get cut out. Thank you, he doesn't like it. Thank you, truck driver, for making this editing slightly more difficult. But no, like, if you think, like, I don't know, if you compare it to a lot of other films, it's like, it's a film that you would watch and you would like, but it's not necessarily one that jumps out to me. Never really liked no. it. And so I was excited to hear Edgar Wright was doing horror. Yeah. Nervously excited. Because I don't know, was it, was it announced that Last Night in Soho was going to be a horror first? Because I sort of wasn't aware of that until the first trailer. Because like, I'd sort of, Last Night in Soho has been talked about for years. Yeah, like, no, I remember there's like a promotional around. picture from the filming came out like two, three years ago now. Like yeah. this film has been, I mean, obviously because of COVID, but even before that it was like running for quite a while before it even got teased. Um, and I know Edgar Wright always said he wanted to do a horror film. This was like, he always wanted to do that. He always wanted to try that genre and see if it would be his thing and if he would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and then the first trailer for Last Night in Soul came out and I was like, oh, this is the horror that he wanted to do. Yeah. This is his passion It's project. perfect, because he loves based Soho. Around, yeah, I mean, he loves anyone Soho. who knows Edgar Wright knows he, yeah, he, he loves walking around So I think we've got mates who've seen him around Soho. People, cause he's just, I think everyone he, has. Yeah, if you live in London, you've probably seen him at some point. Yeah. Especially, oh, but even in cinema, you haven't seen him, so. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I know I what you mean. Like, like, he's go, like, he's, he goes you, to the cinema. But if you go to like the, the sort of fancy film student -y kind of cinemas in yeah, London, he goes to those he's usually knocking around there. Yeah. Like Picture House is apparently been to loads of times and stuff. But he, yeah, he's one of those people where like, this is a really good stalker's guide to Edgar Wright. I know, Wright. exactly. I you like sound that. like a stalker. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is where you can find Edgar Wright. This is his address. Go to number. <laughs> if I had his number, he'd be on the podcast. Well, he wouldn't be on the podcast. He'd definitely the podcast. say no. No, he would <laughs> I'd say I'd try. Aww. I'd shoot my shot. You could, you could interview him about his own film. I'd like to hear what he has to say about it, actually. But that would be really yeah. interesting to get an honest opinion on what filmmakers get on reflection. Mm. I don't, I'm not sure what the reviews is getting, but we won't get to that yet, because I guess spoiler mm. will be that. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later on. But yeah, no, with Last Night in Soho, I was excited, yeah. but also more critical or... Okay, the, okay, so we've talked about this. The first teaser trailer, the aesthetic, mm. that bit that. where he walks out and you see Thunderball, like the James Bond Thunderball yeah. poster. That is so cool. And especially as someone who I'm, you know, I'm a bloody big James Bond fan. Yeah. So seeing that kind of instant, it's like, oh, sick. The, the setting of it, that's, yeah. it's such a cool setting. I just said, like, fluorescent lights, really yeah. cool looking. I liked it, it hooked me, but the second trailer, 
was when I started to feel. But the thing, the second worried. trailer even released that with a, with a little thing on Twitter, which is like, if you're already sold, don't watch it. I watched it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, it's one of those ones where I was like, I feel like it does tell you too much, and I I feel that. Yeah, hundred percent. But at the same time, and we'll get onto our thoughts about the film, but I feel like that made me slightly more concerned, and then maybe I was. You know, you sort of you 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 yeah. can base a lot of film perceptions with how you go into seeing it. If I went into last night and saw it, expecting it to be Edgar Wright's best work, then I probably would have been severely disappointed. Yeah. But because I wasn't, maybe I enjoyed it more. Um, well, I think me and you were literally we were kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, I was excited for it. Like I was really yeah. looking forward. I was to excited, it. It was, but it was the one film. Excited. It was the one film that we were going to see at film festival this year that I was like, I cannot wait to see this. No, like, yeah. I'm so excited to go. And we had a great time. Obviously, we went to oh, the premiere, yeah, which was, was fantastic. Was Obviously, Edgar Wright was there himself. Matt red carpet. We went on the red carpet. Not that anyone was there. We, we, we sort of we skimmed sort of, around yeah, the edge sort of, of the red carpet. We walked along the red carpet. Um, where all the <laughs> But it was still fun. Go. You know what I mean? Like, to be on the red carpet premiere of an Edgar Wright film. Yeah. As a sort of base experience, going back to that, it's like, I've loved Edgar Wright growing up. Yeah, of So course. even just yeah, no, even definitely. ignoring the film, ignoring anything to do with the film, mm. just being at this event for an Edgar Wright premiere, yeah. it's like, that is a once, or it feels a bit like a once in a lifetime experience. I don't oh, know, probably, but like, it was but, so, that yeah, was no, sick. definitely though. But, like, yeah. yeah. I, even for me as well, Doctor Who fan, get to see Matt, Matt Smith. No, that was flesh. actually quite, surprisingly, yeah. not a Doctor Who fan whatsoever, but actually that was cool, quite, because you sort of know of him, cool. especially from The Crown as well. Yeah, so. actually, to be honest, The Crown was partly what made me, I was I was upset, um, and yeah, Taylor Johnson and stuff weren't there. The other actors. Yeah, they probably. Because they were away. Yeah, yeah. Was that was a shame because I would have liked yeah. to see her because she's sort of one of the. Especially she's become really big right now. But still, again, really fun experience. But going into my sort of expectations with it, I think despite the premiere, I was definitely still excited for it because of the premieres, because of the atmosphere. But like beforehand, me and you did have conversations where I was honest that I was kind of nervous that I didn't think after seeing the first trailer that the style and the, the way the story was going to play out from what I interpreted yeah, I, was going to work as well as I, th I thought it could or as well as it like might have done I think was... the, the thing, right, yeah. I, I, sorry, I'm trying to, like, I want to sort of say something, but I'm trying not, so basically the first half of this podcast before the break will all be spoiler free. We're going to try yeah. our very best not to spoil anything major about the film. Anything we do say about the film, obviously if you don't want any, to know anything going in or then obviously avoid this until after you've seen yeah. it. But I think there's, Bigger things in this film that we won't talk about until the sort of second half of this episode of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I think we'll dive into sort of general thoughts on the film. I think we're sort of yeah, we're, we're sort anyway. of getting close to. Um, I think we both kind of felt very similar with this. I, I sort of liked it a bit more than you. Yeah. But I think we're both Definitely. a bit like, oh, well, that was a shame. Yeah. It was just one of those where it's like, and I guess like, what the reason? So uh, again, to give us sort of thing, I, I sort of started liking it less as time goes on. And mm. the reason for that is, and I, I guess it's the kind of same thing we talked about because you obviously did the No Time to Die thing, you said about that, how you didn't know when you first watched it whether it was like the experience of being at that press release. Yeah. For me it was a similar thing was this, I went in and I gave it, not. I didn't like it that much, to be honest. Mm. But I actually realised, I still did like it, there's some stuff I really like about it, but like, as time has gone on, it's mm. definitely because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The, sort of pre, the sort of, I don't know, tinted glasses from the premiere have come off, I've sort of gone I think for me it needs way. a rewatch. I think I'll watch it again when oh, it comes 100%. out. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that with a lot of films, especially when I'm kind of lukewarm on it, I kind of feel like I kind of need to give it a rewatch. And even like with um, No Time to Die, again, yeah. when I saw that at the press event, 
and then did, obviously I didn't say anything to you about it at all because I didn't want to know yeah. anything. But like going into the second screening on the day it came out, for me was like that was what confirmed it for me as like a, a good like a film that I really liked. Because yeah. the first when you're the, at like an you event like really that, know, you're yeah. like this could just be it could be a good film or it could be the event. And I think it has to be said, I feel like going to the premiere was exciting, but I still feel that my I think my my opinion stands on where I was at when I left. Yeah, different for different people, of course. But I think for me, like when I was watching it, I always have a thing where if something happens and I like physically cringe. That, yeah, it's not, not like good. it's not like a good thing, and no. I get that in a lot of films. More so, weirdly, when I was sitting with you, because I know how critical yeah. you are. When I went to see Shang Chi with you, oh. I sat there half a second, went, "Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you know, yeah. Like, yeah." But like, it's it's that sort of thing. And with Last Night in Soho, you know, it's there are a lot of those moments. Yeah, the general story though, um, I thought was quite good. I, quite, I the the idea of. Um, basing um, a sort of story around a student moving to London for university that's kind and experience of, yeah. in London life. I, uh, as a starting point, obviously well, that's going to really connect with us as people who have moved from not living yeah, in London to living in London as a student, not just in halls but also in our own home and in the middle of the city. Yeah, it's, it's also like, I feel like it really fit, that's one aspect of the story, really fit Edgar Wright style. Because yeah. she's a student and you've got all of these things, there's a lot it leaves a lot of room for the sort of comedic aspect. Because don't get this wrong, like this is, this is Edgar Wright and he mm. still does the comedy. It's a horror film, but he does the comedy and when he does it, he does yeah. it well. When we watched it, people were laughing. Like, oh yeah, there was some great laughing. jokes in it. And I the mean, university stuff really fit that. And that's one thing that I did really like about the film, was that setting. And there's one thing I get frustrated with, especially when I've sort of experienced things in life and it's just when it's done in film and it's so like cliche accurate. and like over the top. Yeah. I like it when it is it's accurate. accurate. Yeah, yeah, and this is accurate. This is what I like the dialogue, and I think that's one thing. Again, Edgar Wright's always brilliant at is that the actual, like, conversational dialogue, making that yeah. sound realistic, making that believable, and yeah, because it's so re it is re all of that sort of university stuff. The first half of the film, which is where that gets introduced, the mix of that sort of comedic, realistic mm. stuff with the sort of more scary stuff is. Perfect. Mm. So uh, we'll, mm. I guess we'll get onto that in a bit. But like for yeah. me, I almost would, if I was to review the film, and if I could do this, I would split it up into two halves. And you said this, we talked about this before. Yeah. Is it, It's like... There's two hours to it. The yeah. first hour is very different to the second hour. And the first hour is the film that I like. And it works well. And yeah. it fits Edgar Wright's style. And it's like, it's got promise. Like if you're watching, <coughs> you're like, oh, maybe, Ed, maybe Edgar Wright's pulling this off. Although, this although I will say the first... The first scene that it opens on, I was like, "Oh, that's not very good." Ooh. No, didn't really. Look, I, I like. Really... I know a lot of people. I, I know, like, we've talked about this, and I know, like, certain people we know have criticism with, like, the the main actress. Um, I can't remember her really name. This is really unprofessional. Oh, that's embarrassing. Tomazin, something it's like a that. Bit, it's a complicated name. It's I don't a, know. It's a difficult name to pronounce. I know the other one. Yeah, it's my job to know these things. <laughs> so I'm now going to waffle while I load up Letterbox and open up the page, just to make it sound natural, like I'm. I'm, I'm Tomazin McKenzie, that's it. McKen there we go, that's the yeah, that's She's it. great, I think, but the mm. way... <laughs> she yeah. great. I do but think I, she is good. I think she's good in this. I think... Um, I, I don't know if it's a problem with her, specifically as an actress, or yeah. whether it's to do with how she was either written or directed. And I know that's both Edgar Wright, and I don't want to be like, ah, oh, Edgar, yeah, you yeah. bastard. But at the same time, like, she was brilliant in Jojo Rabbit. She, she, no, she, the thing is, she, is, she is good in so this. So what I mean is it's like the sort of choice to have quite a high pitch voice yeah. that kind of a, I that, know, yeah, I I, a bit, that I was, a bit odd. It made, it made her almost feel 
yeah, and this is one thing that I sort of came up for is like, you want to relate with a character, mm. but it made her feel very like, considering she's going to university, it made her feel, it, you did feel like she was really like sort of sensitive and childish and stuff. Like, it, she did, yeah, that's one thing that was off-putting is like, the other, all the other characters feel quite realistic. All of them. I don't know, she's sort of like, she's had her own she's meant to, she's got yeah. her own stuff, she's supposed to be a bit odd. I think it was too much she's for living me. With her I think the, the yeah. sort of, in a especially as a starting point, I think, for the really, film, yeah. I was a bit, that first scene, as much as I like the vibe of it, she's dancing to the 60s music, she's wearing like a newspaper dress. That was kind of fun, but then like, when the dialogue happened between oh. her and the grandma, I was it's just like, so cringy oh, for me. No. It just doesn't work. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe some of these reviews are right. Oh no. And the grandma, yeah. Again, uh, this is a really weird specific thing, but the grandma, for some reason, oh, really, what? Yeah, she was, was just. It was really weird like, relationship. I get it's meant to be this sort of overly sweet um, grandma daughter relationship, but it's so on the nose and it's so like yeah. it's trying so hard to be cute that it just kind of is a bit cringy and like. For me, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, that first scene kind of pulled me out a little bit. But when when she got on her way, she gets when they start traveling, yeah. and that, the rest of that first hour, I love it. And actually, to be honest, as I said, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of some of the other stuff as well. So obviously, part of this story is she's able to see things. Yeah. Okay. Which I, we can't really. Go, I don't <laughs> want to go into. Even though I wouldn't consider it a super spoiler, I don't really want to go into. Yeah, the, I was going to say. Thing. Can we say? I don't know, can we talk about the setup? Stuff that's at the very start of the film, or should we not say that? Well, we could talk about that more in spoilers, but basically she sees something um, before she even moves to London, which is sort of personal to her, and yeah. then sort of... That's sort of which isn't explained. It doesn't, it's not explained, and it's kind of a bit thrown away. It doesn't really... It doesn't, yeah, it's yeah, only sort of there as a purpose um, in the story to kind of like... It's a, give plot, a, it's a plot give, device. Give an excuse it's a, it's as to a, why she For me, it's a yeah. very purposeful plot device, yeah. which is... A bit like I don't know what to describe it as, but um, oh, like you know, not, knives out. You know, knives out when she's sick, when she lies. Yeah. And I hate that that sort of bit where it's like she's the, that's a sort of plot device just to make the story move. For me, yeah. this thing, which yeah. we'll talk about in a bit, feels very much like that. And actually, that that drives one of my biggest criticisms of the film, is that mm. for some reason the aesthetic they got so right. The London mm. setting, Soho setting, is so yeah, perfect. Definitely. It feel it does feel scary for a lot of the film. But for me, and this is a big criticism, and I know you probably disagree, the actual story and the way it plays, the concept's good, but the way they actually play out the story and the way they use this plot device, for me it doesn't work and it doesn't, it's not developed. It, it, for me, it's I not think, like I think the film would be better made by someone else, it, I just think the script no, no, doesn't no, work no. for me. I, I sort of partially agree. I think if the, the sort of idea that she can see things from the past and, and ghosts and whatever, if that was, developed more, if that had a reason, if that had a payoff even, that would be a bit more impactful. But yeah. I think the idea, I think, works. I don't mind the idea that like she goes, she starts to fall asleep and she wakes up in the that, 60s. Not that, happened. I'm talking about, I'm talking about what, what's revealed later. I'm talking about the stuff. You'll have to remind me of the Yeah, the thing is, exactly. I, I, I won't, we won't go into too much detail because I, um, I can't talk about it without spoiling. But yeah, no, the character basically, she has this ability to see things from the past, ghosts, all that sort of thing. Um, she moves out of halls, she moves into a new place, and this new place used to be owned by this young girl who lived in London in the 60s, a dancer, singer, um, very talented, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and she Brilliant. basically wakes up in her shoes in the dream. And yeah. every night she gets all these experiences. Yeah, and I would just say, I was gonna say, that first bit sequence of her falling asleep is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. The dance, the dance, I did not. 
Matt Smith's dancing. That whole scene, and you tell a joy. There's this whole sequence. Honestly, that it's, is yeah, the, that's got my hopes up. That that scene, she goes to sleep and she just wakes for, up. It's the scene brilliant. that's based in Cafe de Paris, and it's brilliant. Oh, it was beautiful. It's it so, so well shot. Yeah, so, so well, well paced. But there's there's lots of things as well. I mean, you've seen this from the trailer. This is, really is not a spoiler. Um, but there's obviously because you're supposed to be thinking that you're not just watching something from the past. You're also seeing you're all right to drink that's fine <laughs> no no it's because i dribbled it oh myself. did you dribble a bit <laughs> so i was like i was expecting you to make a comment on the podcast um, well i wasn't gonna because i've noticed it but yeah, now i've seen draw my attention to it um no but they they sort of flip between the two actresses in this one scene that like dancing coming down the stairs but and, and i was really impressed not only with the way they were so um I'm trying to seamlessly able to transition between the two actresses yeah. in like one dancing move or whatever but also like a scene which has like a mirrored sort of wallpaper down oh, the stairs, so which is like cool. cut into different bits, and then you can one of the girls is on one side of the mirror, the other's on the other. It's not just a smooth mirror that you can replace with glass and have someone on it. It was like a complicated kind of just some of the stuff like that. And like yeah, we we do stuff. sort of like I mean I, I I do a different course to you, but like we all sort of do kind of media courses, and we're all surrounded by filmmaking. People who talk about films and how they're made. I was watching that and going, I have not got a bloody clue how they did off these like shots. There's obviously like yeah. little ideas and stuff there, but there's some of them where I was like, this is brilliant. And mostly it was in the dream sequences and in the sort of like flashbacks to 60s London, yeah. which I all I thought were all brilliant. And that first scene, it, as you say, it's sick. And like excellent. even when I started trying to work out how they did it, all like the conclusion I came to was with a lot of effort mm. and a lot of time and a lot of planning. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I don't know whether the, it, how I think they did it is how they pulled it off, but like if it is. Like I feel like the amount of time that went into this film, that kind of the choice to do and make do a scene and make it as complicated as that because this is something that runs the mirror thing is something that runs throughout the whole film. So if there's two, is well it did pay off. I think it worked brilliantly. I, and again, that's that's something where I do like that idea. It, I think it is really cool and how they do her being in the dream. She doesn't. They kind of switch places, but they're sort of two parallel universes. But it just flow like. It would be so easy for them to get that wrong and it to not flow. Mm. Two different actors doing, or two different actresses, sorry, doing two completely different, like, or doing the same dance, but they're two different people. So to get them doing yeah. it in the same pacing, to get that acting to pace the same, to get the performance to pace the same, that is so impressive that Edgar yeah. Wright managed to get that right. And I will give him that, that, that worked for me. That worked as a concept, that worked Definitely. well. For me, though, I worry, I, I, only in the sense of that. I just wish, like, imagine what this film could have been if that story was just tweaked to be slightly better yeah. and, 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 like, more coherent and not, like, yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's not terrible. At least I enjoyed it. I know you're... I did enjoy... No, no, I have not say I, I don't, I, I don't hate it. It's just certain things where I'm like, there's, like, a plot hole there which could be really... Just, if you could just easily yeah. fix that, then it would make... It would, but it feels like it just wasn't better. thought about in a weird way, and I know it would have been because it's Edgar Wright. We know, but it feels like there's some stuff when you, you know, when it's, it's really not when you come back from me like, do they just not? Do they just sort of forget that they had to sort of tie that off? Like, there's a lot of things that feel very convenient in this film. Um, only, and, I, and I'll sort of like, we'll talk about that more. And again, the spoiler. Yeah, it's segment. getting so difficult now. Yeah, I'm try trying to avoid because there are because the thing is, what I will say is, you do you do want to go into this film totally blind. You don't want to know the spoilers oh, going in because there are big spoilers. Yeah, and those payoffs are huge. Like, they were yeah. the best parts I had with the film. I really loved those bits specifically. Yeah, there's certain elements surrounding them that I were keen on. Yeah. but I I like the general sort of vibe of the film, and I think what the idea is there. The story just isn't entirely 
as polished as at least yeah. I would expect from Edgar Wright. Who, I mean, this is the thing as well. I have a problem with, with, with generally with filmmakers and, and any people in the sort of industry when they make something or they make a few things that are consistently very good. It's, yeah. You even slightly deviate from that, and everyone's gonna be like, "Well, this just isn't as good." And for me, last night in Soho isn't as good as his previous work. Maybe Baby yeah. Driver. I was saying this as well. I, I Baby Driver is probably a more consistent story, but for me, I You'd get more re-watch. out of. I, but last I actually, night in Soho. I, on reflection, I think I would rather watch Last Night in Soho. Yeah. I don't think I'd watch Baby Driver again, not for a long time anyway. Yeah. And I've only seen it like twice, mm. and like, it's been a long time between. So, and actually, Last Night in Soho is one because. I want to watch it. I know the reveals. It's got. It has got a rewatchability. Because again, it's not the whole. Fi- I don't dislike the whole film. Mm. My feelings are so some things negative for me. What I don't like, and this is a broad statement, but I don't like the ending. <coughs> I don't like where the story yeah. goes. I really like I would the agree. aesthetic. I, think, I, I really think like the what it sets flawed. up. Yeah. I just don't like from the moment that big reveal happens that you mentioned. For me, yeah. the ending just doesn't work, and it, it's something that's like, again, I'm. I'm almost glad Edgar Wright's got this out of system. It's, he's obviously wanted to make a horror for a long time. And there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of stuff that I want to see him do because it's really cool seeing him break out of the sort of purely comedic stuff, which he's course, done all, pretty much like, all, I mean, I know Baby Joe had some other sort of yeah, but it is, themes he, in. Edgar Wright's got a very obvious style. And, and you're saying it is great to see him try something. And it always, I, respect I always, that. I always I respect, respect it when that. a filmmaker is able to go, you know, like, Screw this! I'll do my own thing. I want to. I want to do something that's my total passion project, and it feels like this is something that's been on his mind for years. I just wish it was better, like executed. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same, on the flip side of that, it's difficult. Do we look through it with a certain lens because we expect it to be good because it's Edgar Wright? We expect it to be a certain way, and if it's not, we're disappointed. I don't know. I don't think so. Because my favourite things about because for me I don't necessarily I, agree I with actually, that. I'm just sort for of me, I, going into this film, I didn't want it to be just Edgar Wright. I wanted it, him to prove in a weird way, not that he needs to prove anything because he's a, an amazing director, especially mm. of what he does well. Mm. I wanted him to show me or to see that he was capable of doing like a completely different genre. I was really rooting for that, mm. and I still am in a way. Like I still think like almost what this film's done for me is because I still enjoy bits of it, and there's a lot of promise. I want him to do. Another film that isn't just mm. a hot files or a world, like a corner. Yeah, I want him to try. New I want films. him to. I want him to pursue it. I just think that like for me, this film yeah. didn't do it, it. It definitely got me interested in mm. and showed me and I think other people that he has the ability to do and direct stuff that is outside oh, of that box. Like, this is this. But did wasn't the sort of perfect film that it, I. Yeah. Not that I even wanted it to be. It wasn't. It wasn't a perfect film for me. It was not. If anything, I probably on, liked it more because it was Edgar Wright. On the flip side. I feel like even though I don't get this with a lot of films that I'm not too keen on, but I can also see why people would absolutely adore this. In a weird way, yeah, we've got friends who we, I talked to but two I, people the other day who really I, like I, it. I, I, I know can people understand why. even through Twitter and stuff who are giving it like five stars, and like it's not for you know it's not personally my cup of tea. But I can imagine if you can look past the things that like don't work or maybe even even work for you. Yeah, better, you know. Or you just love the aesthetic. Because to be honest, the aesthetic is such a big part of the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That really got me... Again, like, we obviously, we study in London, so a lot of the places, like, Mm. our friends have gone to Cafe de Paris, the Inferno's the club. club, Like, I've been there. Oh, I've been there, yeah. I don't know, like, the the setting was so cool. Yeah. And it was explored so well, like, the 60s version of it, that I was like, that, that got me 
sort of into the film on its own, like ignoring all the story in a weird way. Mm. The way he managed to sort of execute the sort of building this world and getting and sort of it. Fit. Yeah. You know how sometimes when a film does London or it does another or it does where you live, does someone know you know, and you're like, that's not it. It's not like that. This was a film where I was like, actually, no, this yeah, is really, London. really. You can the tell jokes, Edgar Wright will like know Soho. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, it, it feels the sort of the, 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 the aesthetic of the Soho in the film feels completely like realistic. And that's enough. And I think in a weird way, for some people, that will be enough. Because yeah. it was such a cool, I don't know, the sort of world it built was so cool that it has that. And that's probably why people like that. I mean, people like it probably for other reasons, but that's why yeah. I can understand why you might That's what I'm saying. For me, it's a weird one because I don't, I don't particularly love this. But, and it's probably one of my least favourite of Edgar Wright's films. However, I can see where people would absolutely adore it. If yeah. they can look past the things that I don't like about it, which again, we'll talk about more in the spot. Yeah. I, I know I keep saying that, but... I really don't want to... Because the thing is, I feel like a lot of the enjoyment factor does come from those reveals and those moments. Yeah. And even on rewatch, yeah, you know it, but like it's that re- remembering that sort of feeling and being like, oh, this is an it's exciting, exciting moment. Yeah. If you know what you're going in, it's, it ruins it. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but it's it's one of those... Yeah, I can understand why people would really like this. It wasn't personally for me. I, I, I loved a lot of elements of it. And we'll, again, yeah. in a bit, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> It's, it's the certain things, the very particular moments and things that happen that I'm like, I don't like how that looks. I don't like this like one shot that really took me out of it. I don't like this entire sequence that yeah, really took yeah. me out of it. I think you know oh, which ones God. I'm talking about. Cause I've talked like, stairs one. Yeah. Oh my God. Without this. saying too much, the we stairs yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I there was there was a, a sequence which. Well, again, oh, I'm not going to say it again. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah. yeah I'm going to keep it, repeating yeah. the same phrase. I always do this. Um, it's a sequence which is quite a spoilery one, but involves a staircase, and it's just Cut a between, very, very strange oh. choice of this CGI landscape and like a, a live action. And landscape. the live action one looks so cool. The live action cool one, set. brilliant. Meant to be a scary like, scene, honestly, and then and it's it like works. cuts this. Really, and I know it does almost suit. It's almost reminded me again, going back to something like Scott Pilgrim, and it almost had that kind of vibe. It was so like car- almost cartoonish. It was so yeah. like comic booky because it was just like it dragged it bright down lights. Oh, I, just, I was getting like drop no. dead Fred vibes. Like it was really taking <laughs> back to being like, It was really weird. Like I was getting, I was like, Christ, it was, it was such a because it was kind of like a, a dark film with some quite dark themes. And that in was there. a du- really dark sequence. So to be yeah, cutting, it was, it was a brilliant sequence. And, again, and then it went the performance. To that, actually, like, no, I can't say the performance because it will give yeah, it away. You can't really say much about the performance of the characters in that scene because okay. you can't talk about the characters yeah, in that scene. But yeah, yeah, we'll move away. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a like a, an annoying sequence because I, I liked the idea of it and I loved where the story was at that point. Yeah. But then it just kind of fell apart for me a little bit. Um, before, because I think we're both itching to talk about spoilers. Really want to be able to just um, say stuff. We will go on a break, but just before we do, we're going to do our first segment, which right. you've never done before because you've only no, been I in panel this. reviews, commentaries, you've done everything but the individual film reviews. So now's your time to shine with our first segment, which is the record spinner. Um, if you're not familiar with the concept, uh, for those listening, uh, we ask guests to come in with a single track from a film or a whole soundtrack uh, for a film that they would like to nominate to a sort of prestigious kind of collection or they just want to mention whether it's personal to them or whether it's one that they just really like or yeah, yeah. whatever you can have any honorable mentions got, or do you well, want to just jump straight difficult. into it so because with this and the other segment so i guess the option between my favorite one and one that means a lot to me it's hard to distinguish i think i'm going to go for, with my favorite one because mm-hmm. i like it so much but a sort of an oral mention obviously you know i'm a big james bond fan okay 
And the, it's a really weird one, like, because the film is, it is a good, it's not an amazing James Bond film, it's probably not one of the, it's definitely not one of the best, even of the Sean Connery ones. It's, it is your honourable mention. Yeah. I love From Osher With Love. <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's only because, again, going back yeah. as a kid, yeah. my dad and me would watch every single James Bond yeah. film. And for some reason, From Osher With Love, I think we, we have the From Osher With Love game. So this soundtrack, this film soundtrack, whenever I hear it, it's mm. sort of like, it's one of those things where you hear it and you know you have such a nostalgic feeling that goes along yeah, with it. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of playing the James Bond game with my dad and doing the story missions and then watching the original James Bonds. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, my mum wasn't too keen on me watching them. <laughs> so it was, like, it was a treat to watch them yeah, with my dad. Yeah. Like it was such a like fun experience. So that's one that I would say, if, if I had to choose one that sort of means a lot to me, so probably is that, which is really weird because I was thinking about this a lot. Mm. Like, also, maybe the Jurassic Park one. I quite like the Jurassic Park one. But that's, a, <laughs> but that's a sort of stereotype. That's too, too common, you know. Yeah, too common. Too common. <laughs> As in everyone. It's one that everyone, you know, you hear that Everyone sound, loves the Jurassic Park but, but from, yeah. from Russia to Love is probably one of the sort of most nostalgic, or the most nostalgic one. But the best one, and the one I guess I'm nominated The one you're going to pick for the record. I don't even know how to say it. I'm going to say Agape, I think is how you say it. Ah. I'm not sure whether you, 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 you oh, you've heard it before. I know I've it. talked about it before. Not from many if, people from might. From If Bill Street will, Could Talk. If Bill Street Could Talk. I don't know. We can't play it, can we? Because you can't. You know, we can't talk. play it. We discovered this last week uh, with the episode is that if we do play a track, we can play 30 seconds from it, but then it'll only be available on Spotify. So I decided to opt out of that. But we'll see in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great track. You can it's listen to it. Um, you can listen to it as part of the Spill Your Beans record spinner playlist uh, which is on spotify go I listen to it all now. The pause this go listen to it now and then come back <laughs> yeah yeah um thankfully i'm familiar with this one so i can just sort of talk about it without being like oh i have no idea what that is and have no. to listen to it <laughs> um why, why why is this your pick what do you what do you one i absolutely love the film mm. so that that definitely helps but also the way they use the track of the film you watched it with you watched it with mm, us didn't yeah. you, when we when i watched it with you yeah yeah but it, the way they use the track and the sort of the emotions it evokes, it's like this beautiful, like, I don't even know how to describe it because it's so many different things. It's, it's kind of got a bit of like jazz kind of vibe, but it's like, it's, it's more than just that. It's got piano, it's, very, yeah. it's very like, it's really, really, really like emotional. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where when you hear it, and especially once you've watched the film, if you haven't watched If Feels You Could Talk, watch it, because it's one of my favorite films of all time. It really, really like, I don't know, it just does, it does something. And it's one of those things where like sometimes, always sound is incredibly important to mm. the visuals and but sometimes like a song can make that a scene so much more impactful mm. and this is one that's used i think it's more than once throughout the film it's used a few times but it's like one that sort of yeah. has that effect where like because i love the film so much if i listen to this song it brings back those emotions mm. and that's almost how i know or generally that's how i tend to know if a, a soundtrack's been good is that when it sort of you begin to associate it with a scene? Because at the end of the day, a film soundtrack is it's for the film. Mm. So when you when you listen to it, or when I listen to this so soundtrack, it really reminds me of the emotions I felt there. And it's a really sad. It's quite a sad film for a lot of it. And so like it's quite an emotional one. It's similar to like I don't know how to describe this, but sort of the the closest example I can come to is like when we were talking about the Billie Eilish song. I know this is a really different one from um, <laughs> James Bond. God, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I know this is a really weird comparison, but like. Yeah, yeah. Going into that, I did like the song, but I wasn't a huge fan of it as a James Bond song. But because of the film because and of the, the way and, and the way it's used in the film, yeah. now when I listen to that song, it does bring back some quite. Ooh, it does bring back quite like some like emotions. You know what I mean? And it's the same with this song. Like, well, well I like the song full stop anyway. But like, mm -hmm. because the way they use it in the film and because how impactful the film was on me and how like emotional yeah. they feel, 
I have to say, it's probably one of the most, I don't know, it's probably, it probably is my favourite soundtrack. That's a great choice. It's a really great choice. I wasn't as keen on the film as, um, as you were. I, I, yeah, I was a bit, I remember I was a bit lower on that. Because you absolutely adore it. I, I, I thought it was good, film. but I, I loved, I'd definitely recommend it if people haven't seen it. Um, it wasn't like one of my personal favourites, but even still, like, every time I hear that track, oh, it's, so it's just like this weird sort of like, warm sort of it's a really like, weird very, kind of weirdly emotional but not like you know like it's well, not that's like, the thing it's, it's like, not sad yeah because in the film like it's it's uh, I, I don't know whether you know it it's based on a famous book if you haven't watched it but it's about this couple and they're going through it the, and they've moved into this neighborhood and there's sort of a lot of issues they're going mm. through and there's like there's a lot of obviously the time it's set they're experiencing quite a lot of sort of discrimination there's racism and stuff like that yeah, from yeah. the police but it's like, it's not about that, it's about the love story. That's kind of a side, but because of all of that context, their story's kind of sad and like they're yeah. in love, but it's like, it's a really beautiful love story. Yeah. But it's so sad. And like the, the song, I don't know how to describe it. Do you, you know what I mean? When the song almost captures that, like exactly. The song that is feeling. warm, but so sad. Like it's, it's, it makes you feel like that sort of, that sort of loving feeling, mm. but it's such a sort of sad, emotional song. And Absolutely. I don't, yeah, I just think, I do, honestly, I just think it fits it perfectly. I do, I do not think you could get a better song for that film. Yeah. Are you okay? You sort of, it's a fly. There's a fly buzzing around right in front of my head. I can waft it out of the way. Fair um, enough. It's a fantastic song. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's, a, it's a, you never get that usually. I don't ever get that in never get flies? No, but I mean in the podcast when oh, we're talking about something because I'm just usually in my room. <laughs> so people are going, what, what's going on? I'm like, what? They don't even be able to hear that. I don't know. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, that's a lovely choice. Yeah, for the record it's a beautiful um, song. It is a beautiful track and a great choice for the record spinner. Um, if you haven't listened to it and you haven't seen the film, well, definitely listen to the track. Do you have a record spinner? Do I have a record spinner? Have you ever said you're a record spinner? No, I haven't. What is your record spinner? I'm going to make you say I'm, I'm going to leave it for another episode, mate. You're going to leave it for another episode? I'm going to leave it. Can you do your current one? Or can you give, it, give me three options? Give me some. I'm just interested. I'll tell you after. I'll tell, tell you, I'll tell you, you, know, you, I'll, you don't want to reveal it. I'll tell you in the break. You don't want to spoil it. Just in case I fancy sure. doing something special with that down the line, I don't know. Because uh, it does mean something to me, so yeah. I, yeah. Uh, that's true. I reckon I could guess, but I won't. I won't talking of the break. We'll see right. you after it. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking to Max about his choice for the 64K Ultra Mega HD range, as well as talking spoilers about okay. last night's We need soul. to do that. Finally. Thank God. Um, and obviously talking to the cast as well, which we haven't done yet, because I wanted to save that to the spoilery bit. because yeah, you can't do it. Unfortunately, with this film, you cannot do that. Yeah, because there's some great cast members, but yeah. yeah. So if you're going to come after the break, make, have a listen to Max's pick for the 64K Ultra Mega HD range. But if you want to avoid spoilers, then probably tune out after that. Go and see the film, and then come back and watch it again. So see you in a minute. And welcome back from the break. Hope you enjoyed the little 10 seconds you got there of lovely copyright free music or the theme for Spill Your Beans. I don't know whatever I'm going to put in. I don't know yet. Let's stop talking. Um, <laughs> the second segment we have on Spill Your Beans is where we ask guests to basically do the oh, same thing as before. Oh, straight Ooh. into it. Straight into it. Um, is to bring in not just uh, a sort of film soundtrack that they really like, but also a film. 
The 64K Ultra Mega HD range is the most exclusive hypothetical range you could ever have in a DVD collection. No more Steelbooks, Criterion Collection, I say this every time. No more 4Ks, Blu-ray. This is the most elite, you can, only very, very special films get put into this list. And you get the lovely pleasure today, Max Adams, of nominating one film. That means something to you, or the film that you really like. One film. One film. This is a horrible. Into this list. collection. I've thought about this. It's horrible. I've been thinking about this. Because no, it's, just too, it's like a film student's worst nightmare is asking them what, what the one film that they like. The one best film. It's not necessarily it's like when your someone says, What's your favourite film? It's not necessarily your favourite film. No. It could well, so be that's, something. That's... See, that makes it more complicated. Because mm. I know what to say. So I've got... If I'd say favourite film is more complicated, I'd be like, oh, Can I, I say my, what I, the ones I would potentially choose? Because I, I haven't mentions. decided yet. Go for honourable mention. I'm deciding oh, right. as we go now. Oh, Christ. No, because I know what I, the options are. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm yeah. yet to work it out. So, one of them is the classic, like the one I linked very heavily to what I said for the soundtrack from Russia with Love okay. for the exact same reasons as that that film yeah. is the most nostalgic to me in terms of film. So yeah. it would, obviously it would be amazing to see a completely remastered version of it. Then... Well, it's not... Always, you always say this when we talk about this sort of range thing. It's not necessarily going to get like pumped out and That's remastered. That's I mean. How big it's is just it? A, How, it's just is, an exclusive what, what's range. What's the improvements? Give me a set of... Let's just say there's, DVD, there's a new DVD range Better sound? Out. It could be... It could Better be visuals? It could, you're thinking of it no, very technically. I love that. Yeah. This is just a range that's come out. But the new what, range. What's the difference? This is four, you've got a 4K Blu-ray. Whatever, Blu you, whatever you want. Mega Ultra. Whatever you want. It'll be the Super best way. HD. Best way you can watch this film. Whether Ever. that whether that means original sound and quality or whether that means brand new. Whatever. Like whatever you want. This is whatever you want. But it, like, the idea is that it's an exclusive collection right. that only very few films get added to. So it doesn't have to be that you put From Russia With Love on there and it's going to be fucking upscaled and no, you'll be able to see like Sean Connery's <laughs> paws. It's not like that. It's like, hmm, which 60s actor would I like to see the paws of? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. Well, in that case, but it's between that, that, for the same reasons another one, which is, I guess is just as personal. And it's not a film, it is a film I really like, but it's a film that I've just got a sort of weird connection with is the Jurassic Park film. Because... Going back, when I was younger, growing up, I, I think I've told you the story, but because I was dyslexic, mm. part of the reason I got into film in the first place was because one time, when I was like, I don't know why, I must have been struggling, I must have been doing something like that. Mm. And one time my, my headmaster came up to me and he just gave me this sheet, a sheet of different people with dyslexia, all with their career on. And then oh. it was like, I don't know, a boxer, this businessman, or you had like Steve Jobs, all of these people. And then there was Steven Spielberg. And oh, so really? and he was dissent. And, and I was looking at all of them, I was like, God, I don't want to be a boxer. I have no interest in doing business. <laughs> I don't want to run a, a global sort of phone company. And then like Steve Jobs being on there, obviously I knew Jurassic Park and that was the Spielberg. main film. And I, Steve, Steve Jobs, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Just what was you in there before. Steven Spielberg being on there, like obviously knowing at the time I loved, I don't know, but as a kid I was obsessed with dinosaurs. Yeah, so I no, loved Jurassic Park. So then the idea that I suddenly had this realisation that this guy who's dyslexic, like me, made one of my favourite films growing up as a kid, sort of that sort of sparked something. And I was like, so, so that's partly, at least partially, where my first sort of interaction with this idea of me doing filmmaking as a career, mm. when I realised someone actually made money from doing that, that's partly where that came from. So I guess as if, if that's sort of the one that I get that sort of, there's that a sort of big nostalgia with that on. So maybe if it's nostalgia, that would probably be the pick. But 
That's a then, lovely story. That is a nice story. That's a really lovely I story. I know. When I got interviewed for university, I actually brought, I got the original piece of paper. I've oh, actually got, got it. I've still got it. Oh, I had amazing. it in my hub room last year. I think you might have seen it. I can't remember what I did with it. Oh, it's back home man. now. It might be here. Oh. But I've, I've still got the original Shit. piece of paper you that you gave me. You have to show me. Because when I was right younger, there. I put it straight on my wall. Because yeah. it was like a, I don't know, like a motivation. It's like, oh, you've got dyslexia, but you can actually do other That's things. That's fine. But yeah, That's no. Fab. So that is one of the main options. But then it's like, do I choose a favourite film? It's totally up to you when you nominate the collection. Mm. That's a lovely story. I think because I've got that story. I mm. feel like if, if, it's, if it's about that, if it's about that kind of thing. It's probably, about whatever you it make prob- it. Well, I'll go with Jurassic Park because of that's that. A good, that's because a lovely choice. Because of that connection. And then I'll say my other, what I would other set, the other ones. That I other, honorable other films, because I also want to mention them because I want people to watch them. I would say, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> a film you know I love because you bought me the, the Blu-ray of it for my birthday. <laughs> the Great yeah. Beauty. Yeah. But that doesn't need, the thing is also that doesn't need to be in some special collection because it's brand new and it's fine. The, the, the Great Beauty is like a sort of, I don't know, it's, it's a really lovely film. And for me, it does so much right. And actually, another one, which I really like, linked to the soundtrack, If Bill Street Could Talk. Mm. I love that film as well. Yeah. I guess those two films, I really love them on their filmmaking merit. And there's some, two, at the moment anyway, some of the sort of films that I would view as some of the films I've enjoyed the most. Not necessarily my favourite films, but the, the, film, yeah. the sort of ones I've enjoyed the most. But I guess I've, the one that I have a connection with, which is probably the one that suits, the, what's it called? The Mega Ultra Super HD 4K <laughs> 64K Ultra Mega HD range. That's quite a tongue twister, that. It is, the 64K yeah. Mega Ultra HD range. All around Ultra Mega. Ultra Mega HD range. I would probably, yeah, I'll go with Jurassic Park. So there you go. That's, That's a great answer. choice, and it's a really lovely story attached to it What's your well. choice for that? We're not doing this. <laughs> you You're could, not going to that before we start recording, man. I'm going to interview you now. We're going to flip it on and set. No, I'm joking. You can say that's that. terrifying. Yeah, I know. What am I, I going to ask next? What? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm panicking. I'm not you're used to this. What well, you're the person you're interviewing, flipping it around on you and interviewing you. Yeah, it's not. It's not how it works. Um, anyway, spoilers. So the last night in Soho. Oh, thank um, God we can spoil the entire. We can spoil it. So finally. make sure if you do not want to know spoilers, which Please. I would honestly recommend if right you haven't now. seen this film, if you haven't seen this film. Please, please, please just go and watch it. If you're watching this on the day this podcast comes out, obviously it doesn't come out for a few days, so obviously wait till it comes out and see it. If you really couldn't That's give so less mean. of a shit. We're, we're saying spoilers, but some people can't even watch it. So even if they wanted to, you're like, go and watch it, but they can't. Yeah. So really, uh, you're an arsehole. It should have been up at 10 in the morning to get <laughs> film, uh, film festival tickets. London like Film Festival BFI oh, no. it's, it's Yeah, but that's, that's the, the magic of... I don't know if that'll even be heard on the podcast, but it was a really loud motorbike, so let's enjoy that for a second. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it, when it's coming up before, it's like, go and watch it, no. Yeah. Um, but some of the spoilers in this film, there's, it's really they're, best. They're vital. They're, they're vital, vital and it's best points. to experience it when you're watching the film for the very first time. However, if you absolutely do not give a shit at all, we're now <laughs> going to go and spoil Last Night in Soho and talk about all oh. things spoilery about the film. But we're going to start by going through the cast list, I think. Right. Because um, that's got spoilers in it. Because then we'll sort of like hint to some spoilers. Yeah, yeah. And then... Eat. Then we'll um, go for ham. Go ham. <laughs> as the butcher said. Um, <laughs> Awful shit joke. Shit joke. You're a um, honestly. Anya Taylor-Joy was brilliant. Yes. As Sandy. That's a little bit She was. Episode. Yeah. She, to be honest, she was pretty perfectly cast, I think. She was perfectly cast. Brilliant. I don't think she did too much. 
No, and I in was terms say, of, I, I felt she was underused a bit. Because she's think? a brilliant actress, it is a shame. Especially her yeah. experience in horror with like stuff like The Witch. Yeah, I was like, she has witch, horror yeah, yeah. experience. You know, she was kind of underutilized in my opinion, teeny bit. Like, she had some scenes, mm. like you had those scenes with Matt Smith where she's sort of he's grabbing her and stuff, and you get those, you do get some moments. But this was maybe one of the worst things about this idea of switching in between characters, as you had her switching with Mackenzie. Some of those scenes, I think, some of the gravitas was lost from the performance because mm. you don't get to see her do it. Like you get a lot of the time, it's Mackenzie's reaction. So it'll be like <coughs> Anya Taylor Joy's in the scene, something bad happens, and then we'll yeah. see Mackenzie, and it's normally on her. You sort of it's focused. And I think because of that, maybe her performance, she didn't wasn't allowed to shine through. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of an intentional part of the film because of the way that it's yeah. told um, with Eloise, which I don't remember the Nick character yeah, name, yeah. Uh, with Eloise kind of uh, being sort of audience's sort of viewing point. Like we're seeing her reaction yeah. because of even the stuff like the reflections and all that sort of thing. You never really see what um, Sandy thinks about these situations most of the time. Obviously, she storms off and gets pissed off or whatever, and you can kind yeah. of see it in her face a couple of times. But I think the talent that Anya Taylor-Joy has, it's like, it's a shame, shame it wasn't a little yeah. bit more utilised. Obviously, that's like, she does feel a bit. She does feel a bit almost hollow, I don't know how to say it, as in like the character, because yeah. the character has a lot to offer, but because we see it always through the perspective of, what's the character's name, sorry? The one playing with uh, Eloise. Eloise. Because we see it always through her perspective a lot of the time, yeah. it does mean that I think there is some Almost her performance, she wasn't really given the opportunity to shine through and yeah, do like yeah. sort of play a character full out because they're constantly switching. <coughs> and again, Mackenzie, it is a story about Eloise. Yeah. So like you just don't you don't get that, which is a shame. But she she played what she was doing well. Mm, like that no, the definitely. character did come across well. I think it was well acted. I think that's more to do with the writing and the story rather than something. I don't like think. Yeah, and I was going to say that I think that it's a shame, but I also think with this type of story, I'm not really sure what else they could have done. Yeah, there's not much you because there's do. not really more. You can't really give them more screen time or anything like that. There is an issue that I have with that character, but I'll talk to that when we talk. Uh, I'll talk about that when we get to Diana Rigg. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, to imagine Mackenzie who plays Eloise. We've kind of briefly. We've kind of touched, touched on this because there's not really too much. You can amazing spoil actress. She was good, but for me, she's an excellent actress. Partly because just, of the writing, I, it, happened, I think yeah. it was the writing rather than her. Yeah, I think that like she was played as too innocent. And it's the sweet, character. And it just felt too trying to be, because obviously this film it has this weird theme running through it, which is I like in a way, but it just was overdone for me. It's like she's moved to London. She's kind of yeah. She's something bad's happened to her, which we can mm. reveal now. Can we say? Can I say? Yeah. Her dad's died. It was so like I just her, her mum's dad, died. Her mum's died. Sorry, her mum's died. Sorry, dad's her dad's died. not even mentioned. Her dad, yeah, her dad doesn't. Oh my god, that's true. Actually, her dad doesn't even get mentioned the whole film. What happened probably, to the dad? Probably, probably just don't remember. Did they both die? I think he might have got mentioned, but he might have left. Yeah, or something. probably so something like that. like that. The mum, the mum's died. But the connections with the mum, because the mum also worked in fashion yeah. in London. This sort of she had mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. She killed herself. And that's Eloise that's has it. mental health issues. In can regards see dead to people, can see dead people, which is weird, and that's a sort of never explored. Throughout yeah, it's like film. it's an odd one, and yeah, and for me, it is odd. Connection... it's just just doesn't yeah. work. Well, I guess going back to her as a character, that theme of also because obviously they set up the film, her mum's died, she's looked after by her grandma, so there's this weird theme, or well, there's this theme going up throughout the film where she's like she's worried about her and she's like scared of being in London, like she wants to go, but her grandma's really worried. And so the, this weird, there's this weird. It's I don't. Weird. I don't like their attempt to make her this really sort of 
innocent and completely sweet character because I think it comes across as a bit crass and cringy. Yeah. For and me. There's, there's things as well with that sort of thing is there's a moment where she almost like full on murders another student with a, like a pair of scissors. And it's just and not that's now like, totally she, brushed And off. then there's no one's arrest and no, she's not in a mental hospital. She's not like, obviously she thinks she's trying to kill a ghost or something. But the, like the other someone, girl doesn't know some that. Some guy, yeah, exactly. He's like no one else can see it. Some guy like stops her like hand from like stabbing this person. No police involved. She's just left. It's a really, uh, uh, again, it's like at the end of the film, we obviously, the, the issue's resolved. She's sort of seen this murder. Yeah. Or what she thinks of the murder. But at the end of the film, they never go back to the fact that she's literally like, like tried to kill someone and no one else knows yeah. what she's seen is real. It's, it's not like they find... The person she tried to kill is at the end in the end sequence going, yeah, well done. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. You, like, if, some, like, if someone we went to uni with came up to me with a pair of scissors and like... And, like, like it's got, not even like, like nearly tried to, it's like literally like centimetres like, away from her head. We're swinging like, the scissors right towards her eye. Like... The Police only way, called. the only way that was stopped was by someone else putting their hand in an interviewer. In that, you, you would, the police would yeah. be involved. That's a small thing, I know, but it's a, it's part of one of these many nitpicks where it's like actually, and this is what I don't. When, this is where the film. So again, if we split it into the two halves, and she's supposed to be wrong on this, is like it's when it gets to the bit where the ghosts start appearing all the time, where it mm. starts to fall apart for me because it just feels just completely unrealistic. I love it. I, I love when it's setting up the characters. I have stuff. to, to some extent, disagree. I really? love the aesthetic of the ghost in this film. That's I really like, yeah, I like the sort of weird faceless vibe they have. It's I love how they scary, kind of shift it. I think it is. But do you think that scene in the library? Because it's, like, it's just because you're really brave. But yeah, that's why. <laughs> but you know, they're overused. It's like okay yeah. for me. So to describe it, they just basically. Yeah, but it made me feel uneasy when I was watching it. To an extent, but it's because it's, they, they, they use the same... Okay, so to almost summarise about three or four of the scenes. Um, is it Ellie again? Ellie goes to a place, ghosts appear, she runs away. Ellie goes to a place, ghosts appear, she runs away. Because they were scary to begin with, but because... Like, okay, they were scary in that first scene where she's in the bed and they all start going, that was terrifying. Yeah, but, but I think do you even... you think it, it's just affected by somewhere in the library? There's a scene... The, well, the scene that follows the library, at least, I think, is when, I think... I'm trying to pair it off. I might be totally wrong here. But there's a scene where it is, like, a dream sequence and she's sort of running through, like, alleyways chasing yeah, that's Sandy. And, like, like Jack's there playing on Matt Smith and there's, like, ghosts coming around. I love that sequence. Really? I think that looked oh, great. I, really I was like so... Oh, I, I loved really didn't it. Because like it. it's also, like... I loved it. They're almost, they're, they're almost a bit like zombies in the way they walk. They're like sort of... But I quite like that. They're sort of, like, tortured spirits. I... I for me, that they overused it. I think. Yeah, they did a bit. They do you, did, know, did, you don't think they used the same bit. trope in the club, in the library, when she leaves the library oh, the club later scene, on? Man. That's that, 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 that was cool. That was cool. So but good. that was because that was one of the With first the club times they appeared, appeared in real life. Like it worked because of the setting, like because they appeared in real life for the first time. It's just because they use that. They use the sort of. They don't. The way they try and scare you is having the same yeah. kind of technique with the ghosts of slowly walking towards her. I didn't like that. Yeah. For me, I, and each yeah. their own, because I do, I can sit, they looked cool. The, the idea, they have, they've got these sort of, I don't know, sort of like flickering faces where it switches between faces. They sort of it's like, sort of, yeah, like it's sort of like phasing it out. It's like a Doctor Who thing. It does feel like a Doctor Who thing. I think that's probably why I liked it. Yeah, maybe. The aesthetic of it I thought was really cool, but yeah, I can see for what me, you mean. They yeah, were for me, a bit it overused. was overused, so it lost the fe effectiveness. Like, it was scary, but then it's like, when you but just also, look at them all the time. The thing I get with this film is as well, is as much as it is a horror, I don't get the vibe that it's trying to be scary. 
Like the difference between this and something like Hereditary, for example, is like no, it's so definitely far it's definitely not. But you, it, but it's but more it, of it like is a, trying to make you feel in a sort of sort of tense. It's a and weird mix between like yeah. almost a parody horror and like a actual horror. Yeah, kind of. Because it's like you know how like Shaun of the Dead is sort of like it has those moments in it where it's kind like, of a bit of a oh that's kind of emotional. It's honest, like because like the way the way the story's resolved, it definitely doesn't feel like that much of a horror. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not resolved in necessarily a negative way. It's but even like, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, both have horror elements in it. Yeah. The slasher trope and the zombies trope. And in this, they kind of use a vaguely similar kind of thing with ghosts. Yeah. But it's like, it, it almost doesn't, like, you know, it's, it's a weird one. Again, that sort of middle ground doesn't quite, it's not that scary. I mean, I felt uneasy by it, cause I, but I mostly liked yeah. the visuals. But that's kind of how I feel with horror films. Like when I watch Hereditary, I'm not like, shitting myself yeah i'm just going oh that shot looks really cool or oh, the way they did that was really nice that transition was really that that effect was really cool like and i get that with this film but in a less capacity because i'm like it's not really scary it's more just a really kind of cool aesthetic yeah for me. it is it's cool it, it's again but it's a cool aesthetic but because it's used for me the ghosts they're used too much yeah and like i really hate their actual story and what they are yeah. Help me. Yeah, the fact that so at the end, right? The we'll fun, talk about the end yeah. of the film because I feel like we're, we're, we might as well talk about so we can be. But honest, I mean, so I like touch upon quickly. Like Matt Smith was brilliant in this. Oh, there's no complaints. Because you can't floor him because he's just perfect. He's just. And I think I think Terence Stamp did a pretty good job as well as the yeah, old man. They, I think he was pretty good. He, he that was a, I loved that bit. That was, was weird, my, one of my favourite. bits. There was a weird thing with him is because he's ex people expect the the general idea is he's expected to be Matt Smith's character as an old man who murdered Sandy. Um, but he's not. He's just a police officer. He's just a police officer. So he but he was being, the problem is he was being a bit creepy and that was kind of off-putting because even though he was a police officer, it kind of felt a bit odd anyway. He said he, knew like, this, he, said he knew Ellie's address and threatened like her. Like kind of threatened And he's her. like meant to be this like But then maybe it's because he's ex-police and he was a bit like a wandering hands kind of guy, you know. I, maybe that's kind of what it, it implies, that he maybe is being actually threatening. I don't know. It's just that he isn't the guy who murdered her. I mean, her. so there's, so that what's the, what they set this up with this, she's sort of, she becomes a kind of a prostitute, essentially. Well, she is a prostitute. Yeah. And then one of the clients is obviously undercover police, and it's this guy, but it's like he's only in one scene. It's young him. Um, and the issue is, I just didn't make the link. And yeah, but it wasn't, the, they the didn't, thing is... I didn't think they gave enough to make it interesting, because I didn't care. Like, mm. he's like, oh, he's the police officer. And it's like, oh, it's not like it's... It's random police it's officer not. that was in, yeah. like, one shot. It's like, because I, they didn't explore him, he wasn't a big character. But I think it was Hamfisted as well, because they were sort of expecting you to be like, oh, that's... She knew it was Jack without it ever being kind of like addressed or touched upon properly yeah. it was like oh uh, we just have to accept that guy's jack and he goes oh he's not jack i'm like oh well that's why they didn't explain it properly before yeah um only because we're running out of time a little bit i want to kind of jump onto the sort of final area especially with diana rigg um diana rigg did a brilliant job in this film i think she oh, was she honestly was one so of the best parts good. of it i think she was the best actor. now that we can talk about spoilers she was she's great she's totally in her element here she turns out to be sandy later on when she's older um, who was also the landlady for where um, Eloise is staying. She yeah. turns out she didn't get murdered. She instead murdered lots of men and buried them in the house. She was a prostitute mass murderer kind of thing. And it was, you know, it, it kind of, it, it worked. I liked that dramatically. The yeah. problem is the scene that like follows it. Oh God, the stairs, um, the one we mentioned earlier. I, I, I quite liked, but there were certain things that weren't explained. She sort of is implied to poison Ellie. Well, we don't, the thing is, that we thought then, it was poison, but it, Ellie we doesn't think it, die. Yeah. But then it's sort of like it could. I'm, it could I'm, be sleeping medicine. The, the one like I'm gonna have to just headcan it and be like, right, yeah. it was sleeping medication, and she was gonna stab her. But the fact you have to tell yourself that it's like it would annoy me was yeah. it kind of implied 
she, she's basically she's gonna kill her, but she's like, I'm not gonna murder you with a knife yeah. kind of thing, with, like I did with the men. You don't deserve it, so I'm gonna give you this tea. But then it's like we assume that she's been poisoned, but then nothing happens to her. She just walks around fine. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess it must have been sleep medication. But then it's like they never explain why. And then there's the stairs. It's yeah. The, the, they cut to a scene where um, basically, and we haven't even talked about the boyfriend, but basically just in a very very quick <laughs> summary, I know how you feel about the guy. He's like fine, but kind of not very not special very, on no, the level. Didn't, yeah. didn't do an amazing. But the boyfriend comes to help. Sandy just stabs him. <laughs> yep. That's it. Um, and then Ellie basically kind of backs up the stairs with um, Diana Rigg's character sort of chasing it's after It's terrifying her. in this moment. It's so This is brilliant scary. because Diana Rigg, it's almost a bit like misery where it's like this, this like older woman who shouldn't really be that intimidating. And we she thought it's the whole film as she's well. She's scary. Yeah. She's like, she's genuinely terrifying. And Diana Rigg does that beautifully because she's a brilliant actress. But they do this very strange choice oh, where they cut between God. Diana Rigg yeah. and Anya Taylor-Joy in this big CGI space. And it's horrible. As they're going up the stairs. And it's like, but the, and the CGI space is like blinding lights, like glowing. And she's like stabbing the stairs and it's like... It uh, smashes the stairs kind of and like it cracks like, like glass. Like Infinity War and stuff like, like that kind of yeah, CGI. Like yeah. awful... It just felt a bit oh. naff, and I would, would much prefer that when the reveal happens that it's actually Diana Rigg, who's, it's scary. who's the older version scary. of Sandy. Yeah. I would not have liked to have seen Anya Taylor-Joy again. No. I think it works perfectly with Diana Rigg, but the only one thing as well, I don't feel like the, uh, as much as I feel that like both performances were pretty good, the casting didn't, like I, I can't believe that they're the same person, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not a Westworld scenario with um particular characters yeah right? it's yeah. like oh, certain things yeah. line up and it, it, you can tell instantly like that is of course it's that person they, they're made to look they this, don't they don't they don't similar. and it, i that entire final sequence the house is burning down and ellie's confronted the ghosts appear again they're like help me they're like this tortured. is one of my worst they're tortured like, and it's a, it's a horror trope and it's an effective horror trope when done well it's that they are tortured they are they are still sort of like the undead, they're ghosts, and they can finally be free and like rest in peace when yeah. Sandy's dead. For me, it was so cringy. That it's a scene. strange one because actually they're not good people, and the sort of message yeah, you is don't there feel that, any sorry. For yeah, them. I don't. Feel sorry I kind of want you to be trapped because yeah, they're creepy ghouls. But the creepy ghouls being like turning out to be good and being like, oh, help me, works when they're not like kind of rapey men. Yeah, who are like lingering around. It's clubs. not like they're just men like who are prostitutes. In all the scenes we saw these men, they're like abusing her. They're like she, they're holding her down, and it's very graphic. And then they have this awful scene where like one of the ghosts goes, "Help me!" and like grabs oh, the phone, and, then gets the and phone. it sounds like sort of like you know when your dad would do like an impression of a ghost. That's the kind of vibe. Yeah, like, help <laughs> was, me. Yeah, it, was it just, just wasn't like, scary, yeah. and it just like it, that was the the climax. Was we? This is the climactic scene. We find out that she's been. Uh, what's the name? What's the name of the actress? The girl. Um, Who's she playing? Which one? Which the girl who's been the prostitute? What's her name? Um, Anya Taylor Joy. No, but who's the name Sandy. of the character? Sandy. There we go. We find out. Sorry, I completely forgot. Oh dear. We, we find out Have like Sandy's been murdering all of these people, but it's like, and we and find out they, Sandy's the same woman. But it's like this, the this thing is, where you, scene, it just doesn't go off because the ghosts. You don't feel sorry for them. It doesn't really matter to me that they're like, like that. Like yeah, and like Diana Rick turns around and goes, yeah, yeah. No, I should die here. You should leave. You should get out. I'm even though die. I try Goodbye. to murder you, like you should leave. I'm 
I'm just gonna vibe here and then, burn yeah, to also, death. why does she suddenly stop being scary? It's never. It's like, why does she just suddenly decide to it's die? It's such a shame. She's a brilliant actress, and her like smashing down that door was actually genuinely scary. I felt tense yeah, when it was. You know, even though the shit sequence happened before with the CGI, like I really liked. Again, everything with Diana Rigg was brilliant. But it's more like it's just um, like why? Yeah, why does she just suddenly? It's such a shame that they took like good. Yeah, and the creative decision to sort of bounce it between and that ending again. It left it on a really yeah. sound note, and it, this is where I say I don't really like the, the actual script itself because for me, the plot point that is the, the, the story where the story leads is that actually Sandy murdered these men. These men are asking for help. That is the that is the mm, story. That's mm. the climax of the entire film. I don't like that. For mm. me, and I know that sounds like it's a big statement to make, but I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy. I really liked everything that a lot, a lot of stuff that led up to it but I didn't like what it did. Yeah. If it, if, it's so far to say, if the film, if someone took the film from halfway and it went a completely different direction, I might love it. Mm. I, because one of the main things that really off, like, was off-putting to me was I really just didn't like where the film ended up. But that's the thing for me is that I actually do like a lot about this film because I like some, a, lot of the, a lot of it's based on aesthetics. For me, yeah. where it falls apart is some like line deliveries, some performances, nitpicks. There's a scene where the fashion Ellie, show. Ellie, yeah, the fashion show oh, scene at the God. end is, is just so random. Dubstep remix of Downtown playing. It's a bit like, oh, it's horrible. Come on. Um, like, it, it, sort of, it's weird because it sort of makes sense. It's like, the, but it's very yeah. cliche. It's very much like, of course, you have to have a happy it's, kind of it, after thing. To sort of describe like, it, it's it like, would have been like, cool yeah. to have the burning house as like the final imagery. But this is what not I mean, knowing yeah. whether she died or not. That would be, would be really cool. Or you know what I was thinking? Because it's like we, she, all these men have been buried in the building. So far, there's nothing to confirm that Ellie's not insane. She's literally seeing dead people. She's tried to stab someone yeah, with scissors. Yeah. You could explain that by the fact that the police find like hundreds of dead men's bodies in mm. the building. Yeah. And she's right, so she's not insane. And that would kind of make sense to why everyone else believes her, because why does everyone else believe her? <laughs> if as far as everyone else is concerned, an old woman's stabbed her friend and burned herself down in the house. But, but does the police never confirm that she was insane? Still committed arson. She's still, no, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, <laughs> well, it, it, not, not technically, but as far as the police would be yeah, concerned. Yeah, but you know what maybe. I mean? Like, but yeah. the way to do that, in my and view, fair, I was expecting that. Is, how cool would that have been to, for yeah, the police to find the it, bodies? It would have been, but that is, again, like, that is nitpicking. But do you not? But I think that isn't because I think it's that a, would no, be it's a, a big it's deal. A poor, it's a poor ending. But then I, I think of like the specific thing of the police finding the bodies. I agree. It probably would have been a bit better to have that. Yeah, because how else do you explain that she's actually sane, Ellie? Because how how else do you go? This woman who's tried she's to stop. She's seeing ghosts. But then why is she then suddenly accepted back as like completely normal and doing a fashion show with her friends? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, don't know. Like it's like, I don't it's know. It's a really yeah. The fashion show I agree with. Yeah. I think and she that, sees what well, Anya Taylor Joy at the end as well. That's weird. Where he do that thing where they like tap on the glass together. Yeah, it's supposed to be that last sort of shot where it's like ah. It's, uh, She's watching her. <laughs> now. I don't really like. Yeah, I don't really feel anything with that. I was just like, okay, cool. I, but I would like to say in summary, I do like a lot about this film. Mm. I think it's yeah. very flawed in a lot of places, but I, I think I need to give it a rewatch so I can work out how much of that is me being cynical and kind of over picking it or whether yeah. it's genuinely just not a very well structured film in terms of like the story. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I, I love a lot of the, the aesthetics are brilliant. I think a lot of the performances are pretty consistently good, like across the board. The performances are especially good. with like Matt Smith, especially especially. Yeah, Matt, Matt Smith is probably because of because he has a smaller role. 
as well in a he weird way great, it made yeah. his performance better because he just only did a little bit but when he did them he did them well he's brilliant yeah um, and like yeah I think generally the film it, it is it is fun and it's easy watching and I will say that I'll give it credit where it's yeah. due because I feel like we've been it was, it was quite negative throughout this I mean but not like it, you know in, in the right sort of way you've got to be a bit critical of it it is flawed in a lot of places but it's, it's, it comes from a place of not oh let's just shit on it it comes from a place of I, I really love a lot about this film. I just really wish they tweaked these yeah, things quite to make it like a film that I could be proud to go. And especially I love this. Like, so, uh, so you know I, mean? we, I guess we both care about so much like Edgar Wright. We want him to succeed. I want yeah, him to I do Yeah, I think well. he's, I, I, I look up to him as a filmmaker, yeah. director, writer, and I, I, I almost wanted this film to be great. Oh, so, yeah, and I was same. a bit disappointed. And but, yeah. yeah, for me, it's a similar kind of feeling as it's like, I really like the aesthetic. I really like a lot of the stuff he did, and I want him to keep trying, I guess, or do the hope that his next film is not just a rehash or something like. Mm. I know maybe, maybe Driver was different, but like it's kind of more similar in the sort of sort of light-hearted sort of theme. Yeah, yeah. Like a bit like Hoffers. I quite like him doing some more dark stuff, but I just think that this, for me, this film, unfortunately, and I hate to say, it, what one of the main things that is the, the criticism. I don't think it's the acting. I, I genuinely do think it's the writing and maybe a bit no, of the directing of some of the acting. But I would agree. I think, unfortunately, the bits that I actually don't like about this film probably do fall in Edgar Wright's hands. A bit, which is a shame. I love the man as a filmmaker, as a director, as a writer. Yeah. This is just... It was a passion project for him and it, it maybe wasn't as refined as some of the other things he's worked on. But I love the fact that he's made it. I don't oh, think yeah. It was a, I don't think it was a mistake. I think the idea is there. I think it's definitely a, a unique and definitely a different kind of film to watch. And one that I'd recommend because... We know a lot people of people. Might, also we know a lot of people who have yeah. loved it. We just kind of feel the same. We're both a bit disappointed with it. But I know a lot of people who really love yeah. this film. So, you know, I, I, think, know, yeah. I definitely need to give it a rewatch. But I think it's it's one that I think the initial feeling is a little bit disappointed, but still a very appreciative of a lot of the things. I that think were yeah, in so, the you, film. so you can appreciate how much sort of craft and filmmaking yeah. and time went it's, into the film. It almost feels like a jigsaw puzzle where one of the pieces is from a different set. And it's a shame that it's that's like, the main piece at the end of the puzzle. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's sort of, it's like the sort of main, the main bit of the story, which is the plot. It's like it fits in, but it looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that, it. It's like the, fu- the, final, the final reveal is cool. It's cool that yeah. she's Sandy. Yeah. But the actual story the that goes along with that, yeah. for me, is just something I don't like. And mm. so there's, unfortunately, again, it's one of those things, and maybe it's just my opinion. It's, well, it's just my opinion. It's like, because I don't like that, I'm never going to love the film because it's just something that's not... Mm. It's something that I won't change, or I doubt I'll change my opinion on because I just didn't enjoy that. But yeah. again, give it a watch. 100% it's one to watch. It's not one to dismiss. It's not one... I, I would recommend it to my my friends because I do want them to make their own mind up. And, I, and it's one that sort of you can talk about, uh, as we have, yeah. you can talk about enough that like I, there's, there's some debate there to some stuff. Some stuff I don't like, like the sort of ghouls and stuff you did like. Yeah. No, so it's but not I like it's one. This is one, one, interesting yeah. is because like, even though we've been both quite negative because we kind of agree on the things that were bad about it, our actual like opinions and scores, I can imagine, would differ very uh, yeah, quite a lot. I'm a bit more negative. So talking of which, out of 10, what would you give this film? Five. And I would go seven, which is interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, I like this film, but I didn't love it. Yeah. And it's but sort of, you've got such a high, that's quite a high score, but I'd for say, me, out of 10. Yeah, but for me, it's the, one of those things where it's like, tweak a few bits, and it'll be really good. But if the few bits is the entire ending, that's quite a big, like for me, like, yeah. like you know no, what I mean? That's, like, no, that's true. But the thing is, that's... The ending that, for me is, for film, the thing is, is almost always the most important bit, because it's, mm. what you, it, what, it's what you're left with. 
and I guess maybe that makes me more. But you know sour. what? Maybe that maybe that'll change when I rewatch it. Maybe I'll maybe yeah. I'll like it more. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll like yeah, it. Maybe less. I'll like it more. We don't really know, but yeah. For me, it most of those the five comes largely because I really enjoyed a lot of the setting up, the way the film sets up. Apart from things, small things like the opening scene, like nitpicky bits, mm. the way the film sets up what it's going to do, I really like. I really like the, the, all of the sort of the comedic stuff, the character building, the yeah. world building. That first night, for honestly, I, I was really loving the film. I was saying, oh god, maybe I'm wrong. Up in like up, like you remember because I was getting criticized, like almost mm. a bit criti- crit- critical. That's the fucking word I'm looking for. Mm. Going a bit critical. And then it was almost up to that point where after that first dream sequence, I was loving it. I loved what it set up. But because I just don't like the ending and because that's such an important thing is what I was left thinking about was, oh God, she can see dead people, but like, why? Like, why can, yeah. why can she, she, she see her mum? Like, why? That's never explained. There's a lot of questions. No, how did her mum die? We never know. I know it's not meant to be. I, I well, wanted the mum, I wanted the like, mum to have a connection. I wanted the mum to have also seen ghosts or something. There must be and something which like is, that. Like, I thought she was going to save the seen, same room or something. seen ghosts and killed herself because of that or died because of that. And the grandma, that's why she's so worried about... The, about Something like Eloise. that. Some kind of reveal that, where it's like... It would that have, it, would have added it, so much yeah. in it. But it's it, almost it just, that sort of yeah. loop that you got... For me, it just didn't feel like that got answered. But I think the general yeah. thing with this film is I think there's a lot of elements of it where it, come, it makes you come out of the film going, why did this? Why, why is that? Why is that? Oh, but, did that make sense? Did that... Yeah, but, uh, yeah and, that, and I think that's just how this film is. Either that or we're just really bloody critical. <laughs> it could be the case. I think it's one of those films you've kind of got to experience for yourself. But if you're listening to all these spoilers, then you're probably not going to have a good experience with it because you'll know every bloody thing about yeah. it now. But oh, well. um, that is that for our Last Night in Soho review. Go. Join us next week for our Halloween episode where Ooh. me and a special guest, which I haven't yet announced by the time of recording this, um, Who is it? We'll be reviewing Psycho. <laughs> I would have said. If I, <laughs> uh, I know, I'm just trying to catch up now. We'll be reviewing the film Psycho. Classic, classic horror there. I wonder who this is going to be. I don't know who this is. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, maybe you should have been listening to me when I waffle maybe. on about this. Yeah. Ah, that's true, yeah. I yeah, don't maybe, very often. maybe. Anyway, catch us next week for that. <laughs> um, do you have any social links, Max, that you'd like to sort of promote, like Letterbox, Instagram, I know you film thing? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, my Maximus Adams one uh, on Instagram, I guess. You I don't know. That, film account. Film account. Uh, well, you can find that off that account. So if you want to go, if you want to find anything about my, my film website's there. I don't know why you would, but yeah, Maximus Adams one on Instagram. There you go. Um, if you want to see more of Max's stuff on Instagram, then that'll probably be linked on the page. If you didn't understand that last sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Going so it'll be just on the page. Just click on it there. And of course, for spill your beans, we're on Twitter at spill your beans pod. Again, linked on the page as well as my Twitter and Instagram. GB Sheared. Thanks so much for listening to this review, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye.